Welcome to Encapsulating Time, New and Old. This is a podcast about all things pop culture and how they've changed over the decades. We're your hosts, Tobias and Ray, and in this episode, we'll be discussing all things film. Discussing the movies we watched growing up, our thoughts on popular movies of then and now, and how blockbusters have evolved over the years. In this episode, we'll be joined by my friend Oliver Pisano. He's a film major here at Purchase, whose whole life is revolved around film and his love for it. He knows so much about the history of this medium and has a lot to offer to our conversation today. Thanks for joining us. Is there anything you want to say before we get going? Nothing, man. Just, uh, you know, just watch movies. <laughs> okay, I think the best place to start is just by going around and, and saying, what were our favorite movies growing up? Oh, for me? I liked everything action, man. Uh, could have been an action cartoon. Could have been Superman. The movies didn't have all that digital stuff they got now. I mean, you can make anybody do anything now. I like movies also like Men in Black. I like uh, futuristic movies. I didn't. I, I wasn't into them when I was younger. Like my brother used to watch Star Trek. I thought he was a nerd. I was like, Why are you watching? This is stupid. You know, he's got a flip, a fake flip phone. What is that? You know, but that was what the future is now. Now everything you saw on Star Trek is now here. What about you, Oliver? Uh, well, uh, growing up, I was definitely super into animated movies. I loved uh, DreamWorks and Pixar movies. I don't think I'm particularly unique in that sense, but I think specifically I loved what the Shrek movies a lot when I was growing up. Swamp. Shrek 1, and I, I will stand by this, Shrek 2 is one of the greatest movies ever made. It's so great, it's so funny, the soundtrack is amazing. Um, I don't know, I think I've always had an affinity for movies that were just like really funny and just like always high octane and high energy. You know, when, when, when you're a little kid, you kind of have all these toys or kind of action figures, and I think that's a lot of what draw, uh, originally draws kids into superheroes. And I was going to, I forgot to mention, like, the Sam Raimi Spid- Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. That was definitely huge for me growing up. I love those movies, and Sam Raimi is still one of my favorite filmmakers. But yeah, I think I think because I just played with so many toys, uh, and, and kind of created scenarios and sort of scenes with those toys. I think it, if, if those toys had a movie, I'd want to see it, I think, manifesting like those action figures that I could hold into a story beyond, like actually beyond uh, just, uh, just like sitting in my room, something that feels like really cinematic and big, which was just really important to me. I got a couple questions for you, Oliver, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk about the differences in blockbusters from then, then being around the 80s and 90s to now? Definitely. Uh, I think I think it's a, it's an interesting progression to like uh, analyze when you think about it. I think I think in the 80s, the 80s are obviously like a very iconic era, just not only for film but for pop culture in general. Sort of like neon, uh, you know, glamorous kind of hair, new wave, all that kind of stuff is going on. And I think blockbusters in the 80s generally tried to just be exhibition films. And what I mean by that is that they just they wanted to sh- have the scale be very big. They wanted to have practical effects where they build these big sets, they make these creatures, they blow them up, they explode them. And I think I think that's I think the 80s is kind of the start of the the formula for what we see for like a standard blockbuster, you know. You know, cast of kooky characters gets together. You know, they go on a whimsical adventure where they you know, realize that where they, you know, grow connected to each other and then they go to various different mystical lands or, you know, just gradually more exciting scenarios and then usually there's a moral about friendship or, you know, not doing drugs or some shit. I think, I think uh, people, you know, flock to it because it was, it was pretty, 
it was pretty maximal, I think, in my opinion. Like, usually 80s movies would just have explosions and comedy and jokes and, and chicks, for lack of a better word. That's, that's what they would say, like, in the 80s. I'm, t- I'm, like, I'm like, much more... Like, Back to the Future <laughs> Back to the Future. Raiders of a Lost Ark. I, I think something that's always going to, like, attract people to those types of, like, stories and why they, like, blew up and became, like, the predominant, like, type of film. Because even now, when you're not watching, like, an action film they can still feel totally like I think that's mm-hmm. a great word like maximalist like it's just like cranked everything up like as much <laughs> as possible and it's because it's like it's people just like they want to experience stories that like can't not necessarily can't exist in their world but are just like these stimulated like really high octane like versions it's just so much more exciting it feels like you get transported into that reality I think like those movies are so iconic where you talk about filmmakers that that mainly did blockbusters at that time, like your Steven Spielbergs, your James Camerons, your Roland Emmerichs, your John Carpenters. These are like na- these are names that became very famous, even at a time where people didn't pay like that close attention to the people that made the films. And so, you know, as if I assume, if you're a kid growing up in the '80s or the '90s, and you see like Terminator, right, the first two Terminators, you're probably you're, you've probably never seen anything like it, and you just and, and I, th- I think for you know uh, filmmakers that grew up with those films during those eras, it's such it like sticks in the back of their mind so plainly that it, it kind of becomes like almost, almost like religious text to them in the back of their head, where it's like a format for something. It's it's like I think well, it's so funny. It, it's so hard to say because like I can't I can't pinpoint what like inspires me about specific films. I think it's just like a raw feeling, but I think. But I think growing up, and I think nostalgia is a very powerful feeling, and I think people tend to get inspired by the emotions and the nostalgia they feel associated with these movies from the 80s and 90s, you know? Specifically, the style, the scale, like the, 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 like the excitement, the music, and all these things could be a number of different inspirations for what, for what like makes someone feel powerful just like that innate kind of silent feeling that you get when you're watching a movie and you have that kind of escape to something bigger than you to whatever story you're watching i think that feeling manifests itself in the uh in the films that come from filmmakers afterward and then i think a perfect way to segue this uh is is what the thing we always kind of end these episodes off with is just going around and, and and asking what is what is everybody's likes and dislikes about popular movies uh well, right now, um, my likes are the way they are able to create it because of the digital era. What yeah. about you, Oliver? Do you have uh, any particular likes or dislikes about popular movies now? I think I, th- I think this is a very interesting uh, thing because I think modern movies, and in the way, like I guess since the '90s, have have always done. There's this trend of both trying to. Um, excel like what movies are and like what kind of movies are made like forward as well as like try to redo and subvert things that films did in the past and i really love that i think like combining those sort of two modes any, uh, of particular examples that okay popped in mind so you know? okay yeah um for okay everything everywhere all at once everyone's been talking about how like how much they love that movie and i think that movie to me feels like a direct response to marvel movies and mcu movies and these kind of high concepts really science fiction multiversal kind of stories i think that movie 
is a response. Well, I, I happen to know like the the Daniels, who are the director, the writers and directors of that film. Uh, they were they were hired to write and direct uh, a Marvel show, Loki, uh, which has a lot to do with multiverses. And when they refused to, they just wrote their own story about multiverses, about this woman that works in a in a laundromat and is like struggling with her marriage and her connection to her kids. And I think like. I, that's like what I'm talking about, about moving things forward and kind of going back because at, at its core, I tend to like movies that focus on people and emotions and, you know, and, and just sort of like complicated, just complicated uh, unspoken connections we have to people. And I think that movie is about, it brings, you know, family turmoil and drama and like regret and depression to a scale like a Marvel movie, like, you know, beyond outside the universe if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but if there's something I don't like about uh, modern movies, I, again, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big Marvel fan. I love the characters. I love a lot of the movies. I think the, a lot of the Marvel movies now are kind of representative of like a, a, a problem which movie theaters have been facing for a while, which is that people don't want to come to movie theaters unless it's a Marvel movie or it's a movie like a Marvel movie, right? And a big thing about Marvel movies is establishing a franchise and sort of keeping that franchise going. So to me, a lot of these Marvel movies, you know, 20, 25, 30 movies into this franchise uh, feel more like TV episodes or kind of flashbacks to me. And what I mean by that is that they don't feel like contained beginning, middle, end stories. They kind of, uh, some, some of them, some of them to me can feel like movies that are meant are purely meant to excite me for another movie, two, three movies down the line, and instead of focusing on itself being a fun adventure, a fun story, you know, an exciting time with characters. And I think I think that's, and I think other movies and movie studios are so desperately trying to recreate Marvel's like absolute demon grip on the box office. So they tend to do that as well. They tr tend to make movies that are quirky characters that, and you know, try to establish a sequel and a franchise, even if it's not earned. That's why Disney bought them out, because they knew what was coming out. Yeah, they saw how They, how saw the few, they bought out Pixar yeah. also. Disney. Exactly, and yeah. Star Wars. And Star Wars. Funny enough, the, what, I'm taking a bit of a more of a pessimistic approach to this and not really thinking about my particular likes of, of modern movies, but <clears throat> basically when I thought about my dislikes for, for modern popular movies, I had so much of the same same thing. I, I'm really not, I'm really turned off by like the, the sequel and reboot culture we kind of live in where everything feels like it's either getting a spinoff or it's they're remaking a movie from like 40 years ago that no one asked for. <laughs> um, also, I wish a lot of the times films were a little bit longer than they're like, people give like they're not giving the audience credit for like the ability to to watch them and sometimes they are absolutely right um but sometimes there's just like i watch a good a good movie and i'm like man that could have really been elevated if it had like 15 more minutes even um and then also i think just the lost art of movie posters movie posters suck that's now. true Most, oh so my god lame. yeah movie posters are all just like 20s celebrities kind kind of heads just sort of stacked on top of each other and that's and that's like another thing i feel like the movie, I feel like movies as an art form, something I, I won't like about it is when the spectacle is celebrity, where the spectacle is celebrity and the idea of like, oh, what's gonna happen next instead of whatever the fuck happens in, in the movie itself, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, this has been really interesting, Oliver. Thank you for joining us and uh, adding some perspective to how how films and, and popular blockbusters have changed over the uh, over the decades. Is there anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I would just say uh, keep watching. You know, be be uh, be open to suggestions of movies you wouldn't normally watch or like otherwise. Watch watch some weird ass movies, and if you don't like them, you don't like them. But I'd say you know, you know, there's uh, with with Letterboxd and with a24 and just like with social media in general there's such a great grand like uh, community of people that love all kinds of movies like from forever and like even if we stop making movies now which we won't I hope my job depends on it but uh, just we'll, we'll always we will have we will never run out of good movies we will we will literally never run out of good movies that you've never seen ever so, so don't judge a movie by its title so watch it you know, or by its poster. <laughs> or by its poster. Or by its poster, yeah. Or by its, you know, it's by what the critics say. Right. Or by what you're, like, if you, if you want to see a movie, if something draws you to a movie, watch see it. it. Watch it. Watch it. Yeah, yeah. I just said, I can't. I can't even like count the amount of times that I had heard of a movie but had some preconceived like notion of it and never really clicked on it then one day just sort of for for no particular reason clicked on it and was like absolutely blown away by by what I watched. Well, they keep closing the movie theaters in the US. Uh, it's so sad. <laughs> I mean there's nothing like going to a movie and hearing the surround sound of your favorite movie. Um, yeah, and also just like the community aspect, being able to ex ex experience experience it with the crowd, you know, the excitement, you know, it's like, it's weird. I feel I feel like it's almost kind of church-esque the way everyone's like, quiet down, shut up, shut up, shut up. And then, you know, you all experience it, you all have an escape. And I just hope that experience lives on. I hope, I hope we save the theaters. I totally agree. So do I. Well, uh, this has been Encapsulating Time. I've been Tobias. I'm Ray. And uh, thank you all for listening. <laughs>